Three, two, one. Verdon Bears fans, me and the good kid are live on the YouTube side from the, uh, the are we in the sewers? Are we in, rocking with the Ninja Turtles right now, Yerk? I like the vault. That's right. <laughs> we're in the vault? We're in the I'm vault. waiting for Geraldo to come around and show me the bottle that he found. Hey, it's an old whiskey bottle. Al Capone must have drank here. <laughs> Well, we got One of the a, biggest epic failures in the history of journalism. Got a jammed, packed show for you. Well, York might be going at some journalism here that we uh, we got to see today because people are overreacting to Caleb Williams talk left and yeah. right. Yeah. Caleb Williams spoke for 10 minutes at the podium, and people have made lifelong decisions based on that. Got to break all that down on today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. Leave a five-star review. Y'all know what to do. Good kid. First things first. How you feeling? I feel great. I feel fantastic. Combine week. Uh, it's the one thing. You know, people ask me about draft week. I said I wouldn't know anything about draft week. I didn't get drafted. Right. So I just knew that it was one big utter disappointment. But the Combine, I did get invited to the Combine, had a chance to go down there and then put myself out in front of all the teams. So it was kind of fun. And uh, it it's probably is fun for a majority of those guys. Yeah. Um, but it's also a little bit stressful because you've got to perform. And guess what? That's the beginning of you having to perform at a professional level. Uh, this is it. This is where you start performing. This is when you start doing your jumps, your athletic feats, whatever you can, you can't do. You put the good 40 number up, you put the bad 40 number up. I watched Orlando Brown Jr.'s uh, tape of when he was coming out at the combine. Yeah. He'd never thought he'd be able to play the game of football at all. So numbers sometimes lie, and you got to watch the guy play and then you know go to the combine, and then ultimately those numbers make things happen for you. So I like it. I like the combine. I like the fact the guys are down there. I think there's a reason to have it. I think it's good. I think what they put everybody through just gives you a little bit more of a piece of information. But ultimately, the way the guy plays is what should dictate uh, when or where he gets drafted. So. Maybe maybe I, yesterday was just the first time I've noticed it. It's always been this way. But did it feel like the field conditions were a little bit crappy yesterday watching the combine? I saw like every defensive lineman slip trying to do some of those drills. Well, you got to play with balance. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to do the best they can, be the quickest they can. So they're kind of, you're operating on the precipice of disaster, you know, where, where the possibility is that you're going to slip or yeah. you're going to lose your footing. So you just got to play with better balance. That's yeah. all it is. You got to understand where you're at, what kind of footing is, and then you operate the way you've got to operate on whatever the field is and the field conditions are. So yeah. that is what's going to happen in yeah, the NFL. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you see guys slipping all the time. Grass gives way. Things start to happen. Uh, nothing worse than watching a receiver uh, come out of a break. The DB goes to the ground. It's an easy reception or uh, vice versa. Yeah. You got a receiver coming out of a break. He falls. The defensive back is sitting there with the football in his arms. Because where the receiver was supposed to be, he's no longer there. He's on the ground. And the football was coming to him when he was getting out of his break. He goes to the ground. Quarterback had made his decision already. And the defensive back is <laughs> just sitting there catching it. So, you know, that's, that's what, it's what happens. And, the, and then the you, you look at the end of the year and you go, well, he had 17 interceptions. Like, yeah. Well, the receivers kept slipping. Well, or <laughs> the ball gets batted in the air. That's the one that gets uh, counted. Or you get the Hail Marys at the end of the year. And they yeah. want to say, oh, uh, well, listen, coach asked me to throw Hail Mary. It was up there. It's a 50-50 ball. Who knows what the hell's going to happen? Justin knows so, a thing or two about that. Yeah, he's, he's got well, he's, he's got two. Of them. He's got two of them. He's yeah. got two of them. That's uh, why your your best quarterbacks, your confident quarterbacks, never care about the numbers. They just look at the victories. Did you see anybody yesterday uh, out there out there uh, scooting that reminded you of you at all? Nope. Little uh, 
little maybe somebody's yeah. going to overlook this guy and he's going to sneak onto a team and no. be a pretty good player? No, nobody's reminded me of anything. I haven't even started doing my analysis yet. I'll wait for the numbers to come in. Yeah. And I know there's a handful of defensive tackles that came out. Now, if we look at last year, Kalaji Kansi came out. Oh, I love He ran a 4 6 7 40. Came out, you know, kind of legitimized what you kind of saw on tape. Another kid from Pittsburgh coming out, Aaron Donald White. Yeah. Uh, he went down to Tampa and he had a four sacks. He got injured early in the season yep. also. So he didn't give you the type of repetitions he was going to give you. But four sacks, okay, not bad. Uh, probably had some pressures in there too. Uh, but he didn't play the run well. And he got lost in the run. And so when you're a guy like Cansey, and you get upfield too far, you get out of position a little bit too far, you start to create some holes in there. So he's got to learn how to tighten that up. And he's got to learn how to tighten it up, and it's going to be down distance and personnel that's going to tighten it up for him. So there's a guy that you thought, the position you thought that was going to have some strong people. Uh, Maisie Smith got into the lake. First-round pick. He was out of Michigan, I believe. He's terrible. <laughs> terrible. But if you watched him play at Michigan, you didn't think he was going to be a great pro. Right. You thought he could just be a solid guy. Right. He was no good. No good. It's tough to play in the interior. It's tough because you got bodies everywhere, and, and sometimes you feel like you're doing what you're supposed to do, and all of a sudden you're not doing anything. So it's a tough position to play. That's why I got to break down the defensive tackles. Not that that's a priority for the Chicago Bears because they took two guys. I think they actually drafted three guys last year in the interior tackle positions. Uh, they, they, they picked – I don't know if he was a draft pick. I, I Dexter Pickens and, and, and the, the fifth rounder. Yes, the the young guy. I think right. we ended up letting him go during the season. He got picked up. Yeah. But he, he, he was, was a, a he was a meatball rounder. of a man. I'll yeah. tell you that much. He was a fifth rounder. So I mean, they did pay attention last year to the defensive He's tackle position too. Who was what was his name? He didn't make the team. It was like not Kent State, but like. Uh, Cutstown State, Kennesaw. Kennesaw. Kennesaw, yes. So it was like Kennesaw State or something like that is where the young man came from. But either way, so they paid attention to it last year. Right. The point is that guys got drafted in the first round last year, and the defensive tackle position, I believe, disappointed as a whole last year uh, as they converted into the NFL, which isn't to be shocking because it's tough to transition to the NFL at an interior defensive tackle position. The guy that did it very well and got an A-plus last year was the kid in Philadelphia that nobody wanted from Alabama oh, yes, that got himself yes, in trouble yes. last year. Uh, um, so he came in. He was the true stud. He was the guy at the position. He went to Philadelphia and actually had himself one hell of a year. Yeah. So the stud came in and did it. Everybody else kind of struggled at the defensive came tackle in, came position. Came in hot. It fizzled out a little bit at the end, but also was but still – Still, from Good where season. he was drafted, where yes. he was drafted, I think uh, the Philadelphia Eagles were very happy with him. They were allowed to let somebody go that got paid a whole ton of money over at Denver or San Francisco. I think they ended up sending a guy to. So I think it just worked out Jaylen for Philadelphia Carter. that way. Yeah, Jalen Carter. Carter. Yeah. I, I had his name on the tip of my tongue, but I forgot him. <laughs> I confused did you, him. Did you find the meatball? Is there a Carter with the Bulls? Travis Bell. That's exactly yeah. who he was. There he was. He was my. Uh, he was a camp standout. I was like, this guy's for sure gonna make the team. And then right. it was like, now nah, we got to keep Justin Jones. Well, I think Justin Jones is a professional. He's a good yeah. player. Same better, thing with the Billingsley guy. in the middle. My yeah. guy, number uh, ninety-seven. Yeah, that's a bigger Billings. Meatball. A pro. You know, yeah. that's what he is. He's a pro. And if you see some of his quickness when he's out there, some of the TFLs he got this year. Uh, but you've got to be able to utilize that with your big defensive tackles in the middle. But let's get back to what everybody wants to talk. Oh about. yeah, let's let's talk. I want to talk about Caleb let's Williams. talk about the K because I got to get your take on some of the stuff that has come out here, Yerk. Yeah. Uh, Jim Rutledge, shout out to Jim. 
sent me a uh, a, a picture of a tweet here. Who's Jim from, Rutledge? Uh, uh, up in uh, Wisconsin, okay. up in Madison, ESPN. Wisconsin. I got you. Um, said we spent ten minutes with Caleb Williams for this from Pro Football Talk. Yeah, PFT. PFT. We spent 10 minutes with Caleb Williams. Condolences to the Vikings, Lions, and Packers. This guy is the real deal, and the Bears will have their first franchise quarterback since Sid Luckman. When you heard Caleb talk today, did you go that far? Were you were no. you that enamored? No, with him? no, no. You, you, you've got to remember this is all a show. So you go off of your analysis, and you go to your, you know your junior year two. You go off the analysis you had there. You go off the analysis for this year. If I were to talk to Caleb Williams, I'd just say, hey, let's break down the Notre Dame game. Yeah. That's what I want to know. What were you thinking? What was going on? What was happening? What call was going on here? Did you agree with everything that was called? Did you disagree with everything that was called? What did you see? That's what I want to know. Right. Okay. Just what happened during that Notre Dame game last year. And then as you go on and as the season's getting a little bit more disappointing than the season before, as you're not being considered for the Heisman Trophy and things like that, as they start going on, you know, what are your emotions? What are you thinking? The not playing the bowl game doesn't bother me because that's this. These are business decisions yeah. that are being made, uh, and if anybody was in a position that he was in, where he's going to be the number one pick, possibly, there's no way in hell that you would risk your future by going and playing in a meaningless. And that's what they are. If you're not playing for the national championship, right. these are all meaningless bowl games. These are just a, a little drive for the cash, something for the sponsors of the program, something for the people that provide the NIL money. That's what that is. That's just basically a come on the trip. Let's go have a good time. We'll spend a week with the football team. They're going to try to, you know, wine and dine you and get more money in the next year. So I don't blame Caleb Williams for uh, for that. But I want to know what happened in the Notre Dame game and then what were the feelings with you, the team, the coaching staff, everybody, as you move forward. I think it's important to get his feedback yeah. and to see what his perspective was. And could if you could have changed something, if you could have made something different, what would that have been? And to see the kind of way he thinks and the way that he processes stuff and the way that, you know, his outlook is and, you know, kind of what set him and his football team back last year. So I, I think that's the important thing to get from Caleb Williams. Everything else you need to see is on film. Um, I don't know if he did the medical or he didn't do the medical. He's giving the medical records to the teams that he's interviewing with, basically. He knows he's not going past three. Well, and so, so he's, he's basically he's, saying, he's I'm not, giving it to the team. He's not making him. He's not subjecting himself then to the medical process right. down there. Yes. Um, not. I'd have to go back on his injury history. I don't think there's a big injury history no. with him. No, not with so him. it may not be a problem. Uh, but if they have the records, they, the team that's going to pick you is still going to want you to go through an MRI or some specific x-rays on specific areas if they got any questions about it. Yeah. Knees, hips, elbows, you know, shoulders, that kind of thing. They're going to want to take a look at that. So at some point, you're going to have to see that. You're not going to be able to deny that. And your college records aren't quite going to do it. Right. You know, we need fresh x-rays. Yeah, the, what I happened during the offseason? Scan. Did you did you Carlos booze yourself over a bag right. here? Yeah, well, you know, did you? Who was it? Derrick Rose to cut himself yeah. with a knife or something like that? Cutting fruit? Oh like, God, there, Jeff Kent. Yeah, yeah, you had a slew of things that have happened over the course of time where guys have gotten injured, claiming I tripped over my dog. <laughs> this and that. God, I forget who it was for the Carolina Panthers yeah. had an issue like that. Where one of their big David Garrido, I think, <laughs> offensive tackle, what a name yeah, pull. Garrido, 
I think he had an issue like that where he tripped over something or something bad happened. It's just crazy things like that happen all the time. <laughs> Boozers involved a hello, Joel. <laughs> Maybe I'm not your type, Joel. Yeah, you that never was, know. It was that was one of the funniest. It was just like I was walking down the stairs and the suitcase was there and I didn't see it, even though I put it there and why then I you, tripped why over. Why were you it? rushing <laughs> to the front door? What didn't you want the neighbors to see? Mm, interesting. There's a lot of questions out there, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. A lot of questions out there. Like. A little, little scruffle coming in, a little stubble. Little no, stubble so in my mustache is dark. Yeah. And my beard is white. Yeah. So it gives it a goofy appearance. Yeah, I think it gives it an experienced appearance there. Well, well you know what I mean? Well, it just makes it look like the, the, the mustache is thicker than the beard. <laughs> You're just having way too much fun with the green yeah. screen behind him. <laughs> well, I'm not even. The brakes are great. I mean, you can throw whatever you want back there. Yeah. Green screen. I mean, it's fantastic. It, it, it's it's phenomenal. I just, I, I can't stand the white beard with the dark mustache. I mean, listen, I'm not going to lie. Please, please, if you do come in here with the uh, with a little bit of the 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 the, the black one, right? You, you darken it up a little oh, bit. That's just do happen. the podcast that day. No. Just go full jet black. No, no, no. That ain't never going to happen. I don't color anything. Bring it all the way back. The Lord gives you what he gives you. Yeah. You know, that's just the way it is. That's what you get. So when it goes gray, it's going to go gray. When it finally disappears, and I've been fighting it off, finally disappearing. Look at that chrome dome right there. You know, here's... Hey, look. Oh, I, man. I, I'll, that's not going to be a good look. When that when this little patch leaves, yeah. that is not going to be a good look. I'm going to have to call Hairline Croatian I, and get some stuff done. Well, you know, the, the, they say uh, Turkey's the best spot to go right now. You, the whole, whole thing, 10 grand. Constantinople? 10 grand, whole thing. You get in there, you get the hair put back in, you can come a, back over. Can I get a breast augmentation there, too? <laughs> you can, get these yes. things minimized? <laughs> oh, are you trying to reduce? I thought you were oh, trying man. to add a little I, bit there. I got too many side boobs, man. I got to get rid of my side boobs, too. We'll push it. All right, man. let's get back to football. All you right, let's start some football. Oh, it's on me. Yeah. It's my fault. Well, you're the guy driving the show. This is true. You go. can't let me drive it into the ditch and think it's going to be okay. Well, we just went a little off-road there. We're working. I got you. Back. We're back. Uh, Hold it, on, Duncan. Oh, there we go. Get that advertisement can't out buy there. buy it in the grocery store. Get that advertisement. Duncan Donuts. can't buy it in the grocery store. Actually, can you? They got the, they got the, uh, the, the carry the cups. cups. Yeah. Carry yeah. cups. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you're, when you're talking about this, zoomed in on here, threw them off. When, when you're talking about, right, the, this weekend's process. Yeah. What is the most important thing that you think the Bears needed to accomplish this weekend as far as Caleb Williams, as far as the Justin Fields situation? I, I think with uh, Caleb Williams, with all the quarterback situations and all the interviews they're going to have, remember, they pick at nine, too, which is just as important. Right. So the ninth pick is as important, and they're having it. So it's just the, the introduction to all the possibilities that, that can happen for the Chicago Bears. And I had a feeling going into this week, they already knew what they were going to do with Justin Fields. Mm. So whatever they were introduced to down at the Combine hasn't changed their mind that they've already had. Whatever they had, whatever they knew they were going to do with Justin Fields, that hasn't changed. Just because they went to the Combine, they interviewed a lot of people, they got the first pick, they got the ninth pick, they, they, they got to do their due diligence. But nothing that happened at the Combine changed what they thought about Justin Fields. So whatever their experience was there, they've already made a decision on Justin Field, whatever it's going to be. Right. 
They're going to keep him. They already knew they were going to keep him before they went down there. Right. Nothing that happened down there is going to change the fact that they might want to the keep him. The plan's already in place. Right. If the plan, and if they were ready to move on from him, nothing that happened at the Combine was going to stop them from moving off on him. Right. So, it's, you just, there's not that much there to gleam, yeah. except for the medical stuff. The medical stuff is the most important stuff. Get him in, get him through, let him see the team doctors to figure it out. And if he's not going to do the medical stuff, then you really can't really get any information on Caleb Williams this week. And and all they really have done, right, is the, they did the interview a couple nights ago. Um, and Caleb talked about it today. He said, you know, you, you don't get much from 10 minutes. You're talking with them for 10 minutes. They're, they're getting to know you to things like that. But you're not figuring out lifelong decisions from the 10 minutes that you're getting in that yeah. meeting. Um, and, and I thought it was very interesting hearing Caleb talk about, you know, the, the thing I want to know from Chicago is just, do they want to win? Is, is, is this what they want to do? I mean, like that to me is like putting it back on the bears. Like if you don't pick me, have fun. And so it was, it was just, it was an interesting interview for me today. Like I was sitting there watching. I was like, he sounds confident in himself. I love it. I'm not gaining anything massive from this. People were losing their minds, right? uh, You got 32 teams out there. You got 32 teams that want to win. Some teams are in a better position to win now than other teams are in a position to win. Um, And that's just the way it works. It usually runs in cycles. Some team cycles last a lot longer than other team cycles. The Tom Brady cycle lasted for the better part of 18, 19 years. Yeah. I mean, that's a great cycle. That's fantastic to be able to be competitive that long. Uh, Kansas City's currently in like a 10-year cycle, 11-year cycle, where they found a way once Andy Reid got there, they started getting to the playoffs, and they've had a wonderful record with Andy Reid as the coach, uh, even before Mahomes got there. Yeah. Andy Reid was still starting to turn that program around and had him AFC heading in the right direction. Before yeah. Mahomes gets there. Yeah. Yep. So – uh, you know, all teams want to win. Just some teams are in a better position to win. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist to look around the league to see who's in a better position to win than the other teams in the league. So I, that's I think that's the thing, too. He's like, he's like, listen, the Bears were seven and nine last year. They had a good defense. You know, they're seven and ten, right. seven and ten. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, I went back there, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, the seven and ten yeah. from four years ago. Yeah, they're adding games. You're, they're adding games. Wait till seven and eleven comes in. Oh, it'll be there. You can go seven and eleven. I think the 18th game is the natural game that they'd want to go to. Um, the great thing about game. September this year, the football year starts September 5th this year, September 4th next year. And then it gets kicked back and it goes back to like September 10th, uh, the, the year after that. So we got to wait five extra days. And then your Super Bowl will be like February 21st. Right. Uh, that's not going to be fun. <laughs> waiting, wait, waiting is such a long. Well, it goes to the 18th week. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be too long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, they're going to have to expand the first rosters. Weeks are going to be too long because it's just going to yeah. it's going to further people I lo- basically saying I, I just I, we're not worried about the first. I week. love the fact that you know the combine's happening. Everybody gets overly excited. Everybody goes a little bit crazy. But at the end of the day, when you're the individual teams, you know that you basically have to discount everything and all the. It's great for the fans and it's great for ESPN or Pro Football yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Network. Whoever's covering it, it's great for them. They got some fodder and they go look at this guy run, look at this guy do that, look at this guy do that. Okay, that's great. That's fun, but at the end of the day, you still have your scouts and your people and your assessments, and now the Bears got to get to business once they get back. They got a short amount of time until the tampering period starts, and whatever move or whatever decision you're making with Justin Fields is going to have to be made. 
Yeah, we'll see what they end up doing here. Uh, I want to ask you about this, though, this little situation we uh, we heard from Orlovsky yesterday, and that's actually going to be our Dan Orlovsky. You're on the right. clock brought to you by Toyota. The road to the draft brought to you by Toyota. Toyota. Let's go places. Toyota. Yurko. Dan Orlovsky believes that the Chicago Bears should take Jaden Daniels mm-hmm. number one overall. Right. Lewis Riddick said, I can see why he would say that, the intangibles, how the player plays, Mm -hmm. but I don't believe that the Chicago Bears would do that. You have gotten a raise. You're now the GM. You get the nice orange tie, a blue jacket. You you look phenomenal out here. Get the nice corner office. Is there anything right now that you've seen, you've heard, that could move you on from taking Caleb Williams number one overall and selecting another player instead of moving back. I'd I'd be moving back if I didn't believe Caleb Williams was the guy because Caleb Williams is in a position to go number one. Um, I'd be going back. I, yeah, listen, I'm still of the belief that I'd keep Justin, Justin Fields. Fields. I'm a, I'm of that belief. I've said it. I put it on the record. That's what I still think should happen. Uh, it's probably not going to happen. Here's my thing with Jaden Daniels. What changed between 2022 and 23? He became a much more successful player than 100%. he was in 2022. So what changed? Point it out to me. What happened? What was the difference? Why was he a much more effective player the next year as opposed to 2022? What held him back in 2022? What did he change personally? What did Jaden Daniels, what was it that he personally did that made him a more successful player the next year? Right. A much more so what, when he says that, so I'd ask Dan Orlovsky that question, okay? You think the Bears should take him number one. Why, Dan? Right. Don't, don't just spew what you're going to say. Tell me why. What did he do specifically between that year and the next year? A year older, year wiser, more veteran, yeah. uh, took his leadership role, blah, 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 all the football crap. I want it specific. I want to be able to see it on film. I want to know what he did, what did he do. What didn't he do in 2022? What did he do in 2023? Right. Was it him or was it what they were doing with him? Was it the people that were surrounding him? Did it become that much better? Did they get a bunch of guys in the transfer portal and all of a sudden the talent everywhere was better? And he just happened to be along for the ride, or was he the key guy, the cog that helped store the difference? Was it that he got a few players, but it was his play specifically and the way he went about his business that made the difference for LSU and for Jane Daniels last year? That's what I want to know. And when I don't get it and I don't hear that and I don't hear that rhetoric, then guess what? I don't quite believe it yet. Right. So whether you, you I want to know exactly what happened. And why was he a better player? And I want to be able to put my finger on it and know exactly what the hell's going on. So I, I, I think that is the biggest question, at least for me. And and I think, you know, when I asked, uh, I think I think I did a show with Abdallah one day, and he was like, Jaden Daniels was just he was, you know, he was a little bit he, he played teams that maybe ended up being a little bit weaker on the schedule this year when he went up against the Alabamas and guys like that. They struggled a little bit right. more. I mean, you know, right. did yeah. you beat the crap out of Troy State? Right. <laughs> I, I mean, your four worst teams on the schedule. Do you have 24 touchdowns against yeah. them? Yeah. Did you pad the schedule? Is that what happened? Like, it, there's there's some interesting thing. But the one the one thing Orlovsky said, I think that maybe scares me the most is he pointed out a very specific thing that he was good at he said he was very good 
with peace in the pocket versus man coverage. I was like, okay, well, what do you do versus zone? Yeah. What 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 did he do? Because I, I watched Mitch Trubisky versus Detroit when they yeah. decided to go straight up man, yeah. eviscerate him six yeah. games in a row. I watched Mitch Trubisky put up six touchdowns on Tampa Bay when they went straight up man, eviscerate. You know, so like then they dropped seven guys into a zone, and <laughs> then you had to find him in a timely manner, and it couldn't be done. Peace in the pocket. He said, peace in the pocket. He said most he was- quarterbacks, when there's peace in the pocket, I need the guys <laughs> that can perform when there's hell and chaos happening and they can still perform. That's- but where's the peace in the pocket? <laughs> I, I, I watched the Super Bowl. There wasn't a lot of peace in the pocket. I get you. There's a lot of chaos. No, I, I hear you. That, that was that was the one thing that I was like peace. when he's he's like when when he's you know he's got peace in the pocket. He's comfortable. He he he's, he uh, manages the game well, and he's very good uh, with using his arm versus man coverage. I was like, there's there's teams that aren't going to play you man the entire game in the NFL. Like, are you telling me what you're saying to me by not saying it is? I should be concerned when he sees a zone. Or I can develop this guy into just figuring out so, how to read yeah. his own. I mean, which could be. He's giving you. He's got to say something. <laughs> that so rather than say in a simplistic <laughs> manner, he tried to go ahead and, and impress you with some of his verbiage. <laughs> Peace in the pocket. Peace in the pocket. And, and that was P E A C E. He mm-hmm. went, he made sure to spell it out for us. Yeah. <laughs> he made sure to spell it out. Peace. For Peace in the pocket. <laughs> I get it. Peace. Oh, man. A- anything you're looking forward to this weekend, Yerk, from the Combine? Anybody you're trying to focus in on? No, there's there's nobody. Uh, you no know, safeties. I'm not concerned about it. My my initial concern right now, uh, it, it should be with everybody in the city of Chicago, is what are they going to do with Justin Fields? Yep. So are you, what kind of pick are you getting back? Are you getting a player back? What are you getting back? And then after that, what are you going to do in free agency and what are you going to address in free agency? Those are the next two weeks plans is the focus. I'm not worried about the combine. I'm not worried about anything that they're doing in the combine. I can look at numbers and see numbers and say, okay, this just is confirming everything that what you might know about a player. I'd rather sit and watch games and watch films. I'd watch one game against a team that they beat the living crap out of. Then I'd want to see a game that they lost or a game that he may have struggled in. And then I'll watch specifically what happened and what were the struggles and why were they there? So, I mean, that's why I like to break down individual players, uh, be it offensive tackle, offensive guards, be it anywhere what gives the kid trouble. Is the thing that gives the kid trouble, can it be corrected? Is it easily correctable? Like last year, Kevin Jenkins gave up a couple sacks against Green Bay Packers. To me, that's easily correctable. He didn't get physically manhandled. He just had some poor technique, and because he had poor technique, that guy across from him took advantage of him. Right. So that's what he's got to become better at. Is using better technique throughout the game. You can't fall asleep. You can't think you're going to overpower people. Technique at the end of the day will always rule. It will always rule over anything else. And the part that gets scary with him is, is the technique being poor because he's dealing, trying to overcompensate for something that's nagging, some kind of injury he has. Well, that was Darnell Wright that had the issue last year. I think Darnell Wright was struggling. Well, Darnell had the arm. Yeah, he had the arm. Or the shoulder. Yeah, shoulder. And that was causing him concern. I don't know if Tevin Jenkins had anything. Um, I know he was busted up. He had the dual quads early on where he he pulled both both quads or was it both hamstrings? I don't get it. You know, there's muscular discomfort that happens when you start to exert yourself. Yeah. 
Sometimes you got to work through that. That lactic acid that gets built up is not a shock, nor should it be a shock. So you've got to be able to work through that. And you just got to be able to train to the point where when you get into camp, that's not a shock to your body. Yeah. So to me, that's stunning. I went to camp and they worked our ass off at the University of Illinois when I was a junior in high school. My legs were sore. Well, guess what? <laughs> I had to ice those bad boys down at the end of everything. I had to put a little Bengay on in the morning, a little at uh, Flexol 454, you know, put that all yeah. over the, the knees and everything just to try to make it feel better. Still sore. Why? Because it was the middle of the summer. I was down there and they beating the living crap out of us yeah. down there. No. Trying to figure out who could play and who couldn't play down there. My goal is uh, Mike White. Remember that name? Mike White. Mike White was the head Mike coach White. of the Fighting Illini back yeah. then. Yeah. And uh, they were good. They they were producing quarterbacks. Uh, Jack Trudeau, I think, came out of Illinois. And Tony Eason came out of Illinois. Yeah. They had some defensive linemen playing the league. They had some good players. I, my, my goal this year is to get you, Lance, and J-Mac all together on one pod Ooh, during, during training camp. Here, like here uh, dur- in the dur- building? No, no, during training camp. Well, we're out at training camp, right. and it's a live pod while you guys watch what's going on and just lambast modern-day well, training Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, I, I, there's a way to practice. There's a way not to practice. Yes. We, we didn't put pads on in Green Bay with Mike Holmgren, but we practiced with speed. Right. Okay, if you're going to practice, but if you put the pads on, well, guess what? You got to have a physical practice. You can't put the pads on and then pretend like you don't have them on. <laughs> and that's what they did last year. And that's why they stunk like crap at the beginning of the season. <laughs> J-Max said they were blocking mosquitoes out there. You could have put uh, eggs between their shoulder pads. You wouldn't have cracked a single egg all day. That's my goal, just to just to get that conversation together. Wow. Because Mercedes Lewis, I remember we were at camp. Mercedes I mean, it, it was Lewis, bad. Mercedes Lewis walks walks by and he's talking with Tony Medlin in front of uh, me and J Mac, and I think J Mac was talking with him too. He walked up to him, and, and Mercedes is like, oh, "I could play ten more years with this. Like, this, yeah. this is this is this is great." Y'all remember how training camp was? Like, he's yeah. been he's been in the league what almost twenty right. years now. Yeah, so he's seen the changes that it's right. going. Like through. like I like said, I go if the pads are on, then play with the pads. Yeah. If you don't plan on hitting when the pads are on, what are you doing? I went to one practice. It was supposed to be the most physical practice. One practice. Showed up early. Got there. Yeah. Got had a spot. I remember it. I didn't. I'd never been to Hallis Hall. I didn't had no idea where the hell I was going. Fortunately, a young lady from either Fox Thirty Two or, or Channel Seven or somebody helped me out. Got me into the right area. I said thank you very kindly, and you know made my way out to the field. And I watched it. And then they broke for like the first special teams drill. And I looked at Carmen and I said, I've seen enough. <laughs> See, I never went back to a practice again during training camp. We were up there another three times. Yeah. I will not waste my time. Yeah. My time's more valuable. I'd rather read stories, um, uh, look at highlights, do anything else, but watch people waste their time. Yeah. And what they were doing in training camp was wasting their time. Yeah. If the pads are on, play. If the pads are off, play fast okay but you when you get the pads around you got to hit that's it you got to hit yeah. people get hurt all the time that's the nature of the game that's the nature of the beast the, the nature of football is people get hurt i hope and i'll go to i give it one more chance i'm gonna go to the first <laughs> physical practice they yeah. have this year that's if, the day that's the they, day if yo. they I go in there and i see a change in attitude a change in philosophy yes if i see it if i go through 10 minutes 
And I go to that first nine on seven period and watch the crap that they did last year. Yeah. If I see that again this year, it will be thank you. Good to see everybody. I'm back out to the blacktop. <laughs> Could fry an egg on that blacktop. <laughs> Could they put us any further away? Why not put us across the highway? I mean, what in the hell are you guys doing? I'm there during practice. Put me somewhere at the field so I can watch the practice. I don't want to say bad words. <laughs> Fucking I'm in the parking lot. What the fuck am I doing in a parking lot? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't want to well, say bad words. Well, that's where, they, yeah, that's where they want. Well, I don't want to be there. I want to be at practice. Yeah. So put me outside the practice thing so we can look at practice and talk about it. They act like they can't put something or build something, for heaven's sake. Yeah. Uh, Let's go. Yerk's fired up. Yerk's got to go do another show. And now he's all fired up. That's why I love doing the podcast and then listening to Yerk on Friday. Hey, appreciate you guys tuning in. Let us know what you guys thought about Caleb Williams' comments in the comments below. Uh, hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. Leave a five-star review. Y'all know what to do for John Yerkovich. The good kid is your boy, Pat, the designer, back at it again. Southside, they're they going to be on the Southside. Southside of Nashville. Yeah, that's yeah, where the White yeah, Sox should go. Yeah, 108 losses there, too. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Peace.